Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 56. My name is Arun Kumar, and I am the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I feel kind of sick today, but I'm surviving, so I'm doing well. How are you? You're, you're staying driven through the hard times. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm good. This week marked the first couple of days that I have not been in my shop for an entire 24-hour period. Oh snap. Since I bought it and I was gone for 2 days out of the state and it was a work trip so I wasn't really able to sit there and stress out about what was going on at the shop all day long but when I got back it seemed as though everything had just gone on business as usual without me and that is exactly what I want to have happen and it seems to be working so I'm yeah, happy about that's that. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you want. So that's how I'm doing. I'm you know right now we opened 13 minutes ago I am not there and we're just Cruising, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> Quick reminder before we get into the topics of the day. If you like what you hear here, if you've gotten some value out of this show, if you enjoy tuning in every week, please share the show with somebody who you think would benefit from it. Somebody who you think needs to be just a little bit more driven. Because the more of us there are in the We Are Driven community, the stronger the community becomes and the stronger it can make each of our members. So as you continue to write me or maybe Dan as well, and you're give, sh showing us support for what we're doing, please share the show with someone you think will enjoy it as well. And we appreciate it. Dan, we start off every episode with a fun fact. What do you got for us today? So... I don't know if this is so much as a fun fact as it is a sad fact. <clears throat> uh, I saw an article posted last night. I believe it was on Dilopnik. And um, mm -hmm. at least I'm, I know what this is going to be. Yeah, it, at least in the uh, the North American market, it appears that the era of hot hatches is coming to a close. This is not what uh, I expected. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, good. The Volkswagen Golf will no longer be offered in a manual post-2024. Uh, so that's one of the last mass-produced hot hatches available on the market today. And without a manual in it, I just feel like that era is closing. Um, Do they still make a Fiesta ST and a Ford Focus no, ST? Those are gone. Nah, they're long gone. They're yeah. out of here. Um, the I don't and I don't know if the new Corolla GR even comes in a manual. I think it does. I, it it might, but it's not. It's not like the Golf or what the ST or Fiesta was, where they were super mass produced and everywhere. Uh, you, you're not going to see that many Corolla GRs. Uh, I think this whole idea of there being a every man's fun vehicle is in general going away. And I don't see why it has to do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could say this is my macroeconomic mind at work, but you could say that it's because the, the every man can't even afford to buy a new car these days. So why market, why make and market cars towards those people? And I get right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's uh, as, as fun uh, as a fact, but it is it is an auto news fact that is extremely sad and affecting, uh, uh, you know, Arun and I's, you know, passions and probably a lot of our listeners who want manual fun cars. When are you going to buy your next manual car? Because you don't you even know, own one. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually... Uh, having this conversation with Heather on on Sunday, uh, how much I missed having a manual, and like I, if I could convert the S4 into a manual today, mm. I would, <laughs> uh, but it's just not possible. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's possible, just not. I mean, that's another. I wouldn't look pretty. That's another car that is no longer offered in a manual, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I saw an S4 wagon 
yesterday that was a manual, and I'm like, that's cool. Like, Which, I want one. Was it a the supercharged V6 or I don't know the what V8? The, it's, I'm pretty sure this was a V8. It was pretty deep sounding. Ooh, dang. Yeah. Okay, so it was a B7. Seven, yeah. It looked like a B7. Dang. Yeah. I'm surprised that's still oh. on the road. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I haven't like it like Heather and I are looking at it, I'm like, man, why am I not in my S4? Because that is a mm. rare car. <laughs> yeah. You don't see I, many uh, S4 wagons around. I uh, just got my Passat W8 six-speed running. So that's one of my dream cars was to have a W8 six-speed in black. And I now have one with all the correct wheels, drives super smooth. But it has been a while since I have really daily driven a manual car. And I'm not very good at getting into first right now. (laughs) And yesterday I was not being very nice to my clutch. And I'm a bit embarrassed to admit that, but yeah, I'll I'll get back to it. I'm dailying my 300 horse. That thing has so much torque. Well, you can yeah. be you can be <laughs> in fourth, going like 35 miles an hour, and floor it, and you'll get to 60 in a pretty short amount of time. Right? It's impressive, even if <laughs> you're at 1500 RPMs. That W8 is a is an animal. It's a beast. I'm very happy to have that car. Still needs a few things to be really. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you're stoked about it. Yeah, it needs a wheel speed sensor. It needs probably wet sanding to get the orange peel out of my, out of the fresh paint job, and that's a bit unfortunate. And then it needs uh, the front clip kind of put back together because it's been apart so many times. We've just kind of half put it back together. But I drove it like ten miles just testing it yesterday, and it's it's solid. So I'm happy about that. Um, okay, moving on. Basically, Dan, go get a go get a five or six speed something. I know, <laughs> I know. I I, I do. There. I do miss driving a manual very get an much. Eclipse GSX. Ew. Get a ew rabbit. Okay. All right. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. So next segment here. We're back on to bring a trailer. We're doing some appraisals and we probably should stop calling this segment the bring a trailer segment because that opens us up to more auction sites. But for now, yeah, bring a trailer. We're just giving them free advertising. It's okay. I had one of my clients tell me that they've had not 100% positive experiences with bring a trailer and they were a bit resentful that I made an (gasps) entire podcast about how great they are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, but they they only whispered that to me in the corner. They didn't. So what 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 were their gripes? I'm kind of curious. Uh, basically, it's all around the idea of reserve manipulation. So basically, if a car bids up to a number that is not quite the reserve on an auction, mm-hmm. they will still push it through as a sold car and just bump up the number advertised to the reserve. And then they will fill in the difference for the buyer. Oh, so I, I see a car car has a hundred thousand dollar reserve. It bids up to 95. They'll plug the five. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to make enough on the commission to cover it anyway. Not not even that necessarily. Like they will sacrifice their entire commission, but it means that a car sells and that yeah. looks good for them as opposed to reserve not met. Because the whole their customers are the sellers, but the people that give the money are the buyers. Yeah. And so they need people to sign up to sell their cars with them. Hmm. And they need to be able to attract buyers. And the way they attract buyers is with good listings. But the way they attract good listings is by saying, hey, look, we successfully sell all these cars. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's probably it's a, how it's how they, it's probably how they got big early on, too. Yeah, sure. But it's also, you know, that by doing that, they're not shorting the seller at all. The seller's being made whole at yeah, the reserve. So, so I guess, yeah, from the way I'm looking at it, the seller and the buyer should both be happy with that deal. 
because the, the buyer is getting it underneath the reserve mm-hmm. and the seller is still getting what they technically wanted out of it. Right. And minimum. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting their minimum. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I find that kind of nice. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a big problem with but, it. But I, I don't plan on selling on it. So I don't know. Yeah. So I plan on buying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to plan on buying here. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my car for you this week, <clears throat> you're going to like it. But as I told you before we started recording, this is a, a boomer special. A Chevelle. No, actually, this is <laughs> this is a modern boomer special. Okay. 438 mile 2012 Mustang Boss 302. Oh, okay. So, All right. the, let me I'm tell you about it. I'm pretty sure I saw this one somewhere. Oh, really? The red one? Yeah. Okay. That would be the one, I'm pretty That's sure. Not a problem. So, original owner, obviously, 438 miles, six speed. Comes with, it looks like most of the options on it from the factory. Clean Carfax, of course. And then if we scroll down here, there's a, a window sticker for $43,575. Tons of pictures, but it is being presented basically by the dealer that this person bought it from originally and then just drove it home and then drove it back to the dealer 11 years later to sell it. Yeah, so this is not the good year. Okay. Hmm. These, these are the kind of facts that are good to hear about as you're Well, the the 1314 in my opinion is just a better looking Boss 302. Uh also, I'm not entirely sure um there was a difference in coyotes between the Boss 302 and the normal Gen 1 coyote. Um Okay. Uh there there is actually a a slight different in the heads, difference in the heads. And obviously intake manifold was different. Um, I don't know if that applied for 2012 as well. Um, Cause I know like the 13, 14 ones were classified as roadrunner coyotes. Um, it's not a Laguna Seca. Ooh. <laughs> I like this. I gave you one that you're really technical on. Oh, because, yeah, because I know this car. Yeah. Um, oh, the it's... brake fluid was flushed in June of 2022. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's currently listed for 40 with a day to go. Um, this is a Roadrunner. It is a Roadrunner. Okay. That's what I, it I says on here. I didn't know if that, that applied in 12 so or not. It says Roadrunner features a forged rotating assembly, CNC ported heads, and a revised yep. okay. camshaft for 444 horsepower. Yep. Okay. Then it did. Yep. This is number 2,377 built in 2012. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I knew it, it it existed in 13 and 14. I wasn't sure about 12. So that's good info. You know, with a day to go, I would venture to bet, I think, 45. This is a, I mean, for what it is, you're getting a pretty good deal, I think. Collector, collector level car. Right. And the thing is, is it's essentially new. Right. Um, Do I think it's worth 45? Probably. Do I think there are better buys out there? Yeah, I do. But somebody is going to want this. Yeah, someone's going to want it. But I, 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 yeah, I'm going to stick with 45 is my bet on that okay. one. Okay. Okay. Thanks for playing the Bring a Trailer appraisal. Yeah, I, I do <laughs> like that one. That one, It's just uh, sad that you- nobody drove it. Yeah, for, for eleven I mean, years. That's, like, that's why it's a boomer special. Yeah, somebody garage uh, queened this thing really hard. I, I couldn't fathom buying that because I would destroy it. <laughs> like not even close to worth. Right, buying, my, like putting that much money into it. Or... Right. My my biggest issue with it is the wrong year. 
Mm-hmm. If it were a 13 or a 14, I don't even know if they made them in 14. <laughs> but okay. yeah, it's wrong taillights, wrong front end. It's just not for me. I mean, is it is it because the S550 came out in 13? Uh, S550 came out in 15. 2013, boss. 302. Why does it look so different then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. The, the facelift. Yes, that the grill, the grill looks way better. <laughs> I yeah, 100%. and the whole front bumper is different. Yeah, okay. Yep, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I just don't remember if they made them in, if they stopped in in uh, in thirteen or not. I don't remember. Well, hmm. in the anyway. meantime, I'm I'm eager to hear what it was. What you think? So yeah, 12 and 13. So you're, you told me before we started that you have what you believe is a very affordable car for what you're getting, which is something that you would only take to car shows and not use for its intended purpose, but then it's not a race car. It's not a race car. So what the hell is this? (laughs) By affordable, it's uh, it is what I would call an affordable movie car. A movie car. A movie car. Okay. Specifically, a movie truck. I'm Uh, listening. This is a 1985 Toyota pickup 4x4 5-speed. So, the Back to the Future truck. You know, roll bar with the uh, Casey lights on it. Oh, okay. But this one's not black. This one is navy blue with silver decals. Uh. I think this thing is awesome. It, it is definitely what I would call an affordable truck at a lowly bid of $10,000 at the moment. A little over $10,000. Uh, but you wouldn't take this thing off-roading. I mean, you could. Well, you could. But, like, I don't know if I personally would use it for its intended use. I, I think this is kind of a like a car show gem kind of deal. Well, okay, so I pulled it up. We got two days left on the auction, but I noted, so right at the top, it says it was cosmetically and mechanically refurbished in preparation for this auction. They repainted the whole car. They replaced the brakes, the suspension, the clutch, and the exhaust. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it looks pretty good. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's really nice, uh, undercoating interiors in mint condition. The exterior has been repainted. So, dang! I mean, it looks really clean. I know that, that's what I'm saying. It's it's an affordable movie <laughs> car. This is something that, like, if you were into like collecting specialized vehicles, this would be a good start. But also, this is just this is a Hilux. Like, this yeah. is a this is a outside of movies. This is a cool car, right? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. If, if <clears> this wasn't in a Back to the Future truck. Uh, yeah, you, you could get away with uh, just loving this anyway. So I think. Oh, man, I don't know what to bid on this. I'm surprised the bid's only 10,000 right now. You know, I think I think these ones are tough because of the fact that you don't want to drive this thing. Unless I would. I mean, I would. I would drive it, but like. If you're co- if you're a collector and if you want to keep this thing nice, you really don't want to drive it that much. Okay, well, so last week, which we have yet to review, which we should do. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. So last week you gave me the Audi GT Coupe, also mm-hmm. from the 80s, which I think, do you forget how old I am? That <laughs> I don't remember any of these cars coming out. Uh, but so... Last week, I I guessed significantly higher than the ten thousand five hundred dollar bid that was on it, with two days left. I you know I'm surprised it went for that little, and it didn't change. Nobody yeah, bid on it. Nobody bid on it. Yeah. So, do I aim low on this one? I think I do. I'm gonna say no. This-, this one's this one's got more time than the last one I gave you. So this still has two days on it. <sighs> Just FYI, um, if we do. Okay, here is my here is my bid. 
Okay. My bid is eleven thousand three. No, eleven thousand five hundred. Eleven thousand five hundred. Okay. Now, uh, just as an FYI, I don't. I don't know if this it has a a cap on it. An almost identical one with some extra add-ons to it went for twenty grand in May. Almost identical. Mm. Nah. Actually, worse shape <laughs> in my I'm keeping opinion. my bid. Okay. <laughs> um, just letting you know. Just okay. Throwing it out I there. hear you. So let's uh, let's recap last week before okay. we move on here. So the the Audi GT, as I mentioned. That you selected for me, Dan. Uh, the bid when I bid when I guessed on it was ten thousand five hundred. So I guessed twelve thousand three hundred, and the actual selling price was ten thousand five hundred. Ten thousand five hundred. So that was upsetting. <laughs> I was seventeen percent off on that one. The Thunderbird that I gave you last week, you guessed that it would sell for fifteen thousand, and it was at like eleven when yeah. we looked at it. And the actual selling price was fifteen thousand five hundred. Hey. So you did quite well on that one. Yeah, and I've seen uh, six of those since that recording, and uh, they're still ugly. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, okay, and then not, so not as ugly as that next thing we're about to talk about, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm doing some some math here in the background. So. Cumulative so far, I have been off on average by 38%. You have been off on average by 30%. So this is, I mean, it's it's cool to see how, how close we actually are with this. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I have you ever like dabbled with like the the graphs on what certain vehicles are selling for? Yeah, on the trailer, you mean? Yeah, some crazy person <laughs> a year ago almost bought a, a 2004 Thunderbird for 56 grand. What was so special about it? I'm. It's got 90 miles, but still. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a Pretty thing. Red and tan interior. <laughs> what was so special about this thing? Did the Pope die in it? What? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, uh well okay i'm gonna is it okay if i move on to the yeah, next yeah. topic here yeah. okay so we're so gonna move I just on. i just saw it i squirreled yeah. further for a second <laughs> so so the the title of this episode is car guy conversations and it's because i do believe that for all of the motivational content that we talk about here for all of our technical podcasts on business building and fitness and diet and exercise and marketing and product and value and all of that. We're just car guys, really, at the end of the day. And we have a lot of fun just talking about cars pretty much all the time, every day. And because of that, and because we believe that all of you out there listening kind of sympathize with this sentiment, we thought we'd just pick a few car-related topics and chat about them for a little while and see where it takes us. And and I think I tried to keep this somewhat current events, but not all of them. And I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think we're going to have some different opinions on things. I think we're going to laugh about politics because it's hilarious. And we're going to reminisce on some old times. So all that said... Topic number one is the Lamborghini Lanzador revealed last weekend or a couple weekends ago at Monterey Car Week. What do we think, Dan? So I hope Lamborghini is listening or somebody can clip this and send it to him uh, and, and tell him I'd love to have a conversation with him. Um, I think that this is the most confused Lamborghini I've ever seen, and I hope it never goes into production. I, I, I just, I don't understand it. Listeners, if you haven't seen it, please Google it. Uh, I just, I hate every single piece of this vehicle. Every piece of it. It looks 
it looks like something out of Black Mirror or the Twilight Zone where they're depicting yeah. vehicles of the future. Yeah. Now, now granted, <laughs> like this is considered concept. I highly doubt that this ever goes into production, but I said the same thing about the Cybertruck and now they're on trailers being driven around <laughs> the country. So I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's confused. I think they made a hurricane, uh, in a Urus. Uh, yeah. Okay. Shorter. It sits high, like a rally car. It's got all the lines of an, an aggressive supercar, but it sits too high. <laughs> I don't like I just don't understand it. If 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 you as Lamborghini, you are going to make an electric car, make a goddamn badass electric car. Like <laughs> make, make it look like a race car. Like this Lamborghini's rolling over in his grave right now with this thing. <laughs> it's just it's not I just don't think it's in the spirit of of the of the Lamborghini name in my opinion and um it's sad that the that pretty much every manufacturer in the Volkswagen Auto Group is going to be going electric. Uh, I just I just hope that's not the way they go. Just I pray. So as a Lambo fan, I too am a Lamborghini fan. I think that they're doing what works for business mm-hmm. with this car. Yeah, because. The Urus was a huge hit, but nobody liked the Urus either. Well, I loved the Urus. I thought that was something really interesting. You know, a Huracan with an SUV body. I thought that was really, really nifty. I think the pricing was too high. I think that was my biggest issue with it. But they still sold tons of them. A lot of them. them. Yeah. I see a few around town here. Right. And... They're entertaining because they'll pull up next to an Escalade that's a third of the price. And mm-hmm. the only difference is how bright the color is and how sharp the edges oh, yeah. are. Uh, yeah, the one here is freaking lime green. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so bright. But, but I mean, I think they're just doing that again, basically. They're following yeah. the Eurus uh, yeah. playbook that worked and probably made them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it again. Well, the year the year has spawned the RSQ8 in sure, and then I think even like the Atlas has an R line that looks similar. So like it's all on the same platform. I don't think the Atlas R line has a twin turbo V8 in it. No, it doesn't. It it doesn't. (laughs) But it's the same platform. Yeah. Okay. Styling effects. So this is supposed to have 1,350 horsepower. It seats four. The interior looks insane. I don't understand how that seats four, but okay. <laughs> it, it's a two-door vehicle that seats four, and it's called an Ultra GT, the part yeah. SUV, part super saloon, according to Top Gear. Um, so here's what I think. I think this is one car in the range that will appeal to a certain group of people that's not me. Yeah, people with giant pocketbooks that have nothing else to buy maybe but so did you did you watch the the ads for this mm-hmm. the commercials that they made yeah so there was one that was like this test tube growing lamborghini factory looking thing and then they <laughs> yeah. flipped on the electric switch and then this car sprouted in the test tube yep and that was one of the ads, which didn't make a ton of sense to me. And then the other ad was basically, what if you could have a car, blah, blah, blah. And all these different little taglines about how sexy and amazing and powerful it is. Mm-hmm. But one of them was like screams on the track and roars on the road or something like that. I know it was roars on the road. Now, did you see the top gear where... Richard Hammond reviewed the LP670 SV in Abu Dhabi. Uh, If I did, it was a long time ago. So I've watched that many times for obvious reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Now, in that scene or in that segment of the show, Richard reads a press release from Lamborghini that basically says it, it is the essence of Lamborghini captured in words 
and he's talking about just how emotional and soulful the company is. And so he quotes this press release and it basically says the exhaust note will range from the trumpeting of a pack of elephants to the roar of a mighty lion. And it's just this, it sounds amazing. And that car, I mean, it does sound amazing. Yeah. But they, oh, yeah. they ripped those same words and then applied them to an electric car. Mm. Whose only sound can be fake. Yeah. And I mean, unless it's going to sound like um, like Ken Block's Audi on the Las Vegas Gymkhana or the Mach-E drift car, I, I mean, there's really not much noise you're going to get out of it. But even those, I mean, it's just a very yeah. high-pitched jet engine. Right. Yeah, which is sick, but it's, yeah, it, not, it's, cool. it's, it's not an engine. Yeah, and those don't last very long, I'm sure. (laughs) But, okay, so what I did in researching this is I was like, okay, so this says 2028, this car is going to come out, so we don't really need to think about it for five years. What else is Lamborghini doing with regard to electric? Well, the Revuelto is coming out next year. It is the replacement for the Aventador. And it is a hybrid V12. Yep. Which is so, going to be really cool, in my opinion. I, I think I think it's going to be cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. I, I think. Yeah. I, I I mean, they're still keeping the V12, and yep. they're they're just they're adding the hybrid component. And I remember when McLaren did this with the P1, right? And, and like that was a little bit of ahead of the time ahead of the curve and i thought that was a really cool idea and how they made it work yeah and so mclaren's done it porsche's done it ferrari has done it lamborghini late as always to the table but here they are (laughs) and and that car works for me because it is a v12 yeah they're they're sticking to tradition with that yeah that car you can't replace the aventador with something that's not a v12 right the other examples of this is when the M3 went to V8 and then went back to a six-cylinder. Mm-hmm. And people got all mad, but then the six-cylinder, I mean, it did kind of change the way those cars behaved. And we talked about this earlier this week because I drove a G80 M3 this week. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid fast. It's stupid fast. Like, you can go merging onto a freeway and you'll be at the speed limit or, you know, at the... Pre- prevailing speed of traffic way before you you merge right and the same is true of my car with like 150 less horsepower but it it doesn't have the same experience because you're just ripping so fast and you're in this quiet refined luxury digital gauge thing that isn't screaming at you as you making that merge and i miss that like i love how my car handles how it feels how it sounds and you don't get that with a new one Mm -mm. so it's a mix but i'm i'm glad to that point that uh, lamborghini is sticking with the v12 because i do think that that's part of the soul of their flagship car which the revuelto is the next one of i just love the way it looks you can't you can't get me off the the mercy. I know you I know I can't. In in it's admirable. You have your car. I just I really like this one. This one looks <laughs> this one looks good. I wasn't a huge fan of the Aventador. I know it, you know, it had a lot of hype. But uh I don't know. This one's just different. I like I feel it. like the people who got the Aventador were just not like the same sort of Lamborghini. It, it was a it was a flex car more than it was a sure real. Now we have Cullinans and Urises and that world where people can flex and and hopefully the Revuelto can be a bit more of a I don't yeah. know enthusiasts car, not just a rich person's right. car. Yeah, I don't know. I I like it a lot. I think it's a cool car. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, especially in purple. Anyway, I'll get off the configurator. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, You're killing me. Okay, well, do you have any anything else on the Lanzador? Uh, 
No, I just I I don't even <laughs> want to look at it anymore. I, I if we're gonna talk Lamborghini, I'd be more curious to see what's gonna replace the Huracan. Yeah, uh, because I googled Huracan replacement and all the there's news headlines just say Huracan replacement. There's no name and all the, well, the cars still under wraps. Yeah, and and from the way it sounds, is the V10's dead, like it's gone. And that's extremely sad. Yeah. So that so, car will go the way of the yeah, M3. That was one of the best sounding engines out there that you could buy today. Yeah. And uh, that'll that'll be sad because the R8's dead now. The Huracan is, is going away. Uh, so I'm curious to see what they replace those with. I'm just glad. I already own two of the three best sounding cars in the world, I think. W8. Yeah the M- e90 m3 and then the mercy is the last one so i'm on my way there <laughs> i got two of them you'll three or three here soon yeah <laughs> okay now the next topic here is another current event and i think most of you listening to this will be entertained <clears throat> so let me pull up a uh, a politico news article here that has a headline that reads electric cars face punitive fees and new restrictions in many states. And the sub headline reads a growing number of conservative states are imposing new taxes on drivers using electric vehicle charging stations and trying to limit EV sales. So this article, first of all, is talking about how Texas recently voted in by unanimous decision to have an EV registration tax. So annually, if you have an EV, you have to pay $200 a year to have that EV registered in Texas. And if you buy a new EV, that number is $400. So why are they doing this? It's not just to spite EV buyers. Well, okay. So it is imposed because it is replacing the gasoline taxes lost Mm-hmm. in the switch so where you can't necessarily tax somebody and we already are but you can't specifically tax somebody for consuming electricity at their house to charge their car yeah the, yeah the difference is the fact that electricity is a utility and gasoline is not mm-hmm. so it's harder to impose an additive tax because then you'd have to tax everybody yeah um which will come eventually and our kilowatts per hour are going to go through the roof, but that that'll be years in the making before that happens. Can you expand on that a bit? So as more people buy electric cars, obviously the more electricity is going to be used. So the demand is going to be up. So the electric companies are going to increase our, our kilowatt hours, you know, per dollar or whatever, however they measure it the rates basically yeah the rates yeah so our electricity bills are going to go up and i get i suppose state legislations could impose an additive tax to your utilities at some point depending on what the the ratio of electric car is per household you know right i mean sure they could is it going to be anytime soon in my opinion probably not Mm mm-hmm uh, well, okay. So I, w- I want to make one comment on this article. First of all, is that the article says it's conservative states that are driving this, but then later I on, chuckle, I chuckled at this. Yeah. They have a map in this uh-huh. article that yep. shows that Washington is the same price as Texas. It's it shows higher. that it's higher. Yeah. By 25 okay. bucks. Yeah. Okay. It shows that Oregon and California are among the highest. It's Illinois, Michigan, uh, yeah. What are some? I mean, Utah, Illinois, Idaho. Illinois Michigan, Wisconsin, Washington, Oregon, California. Uh, technically, Georgia. I, I mean, yeah, Georgia. Col- is a Colorado's state. got yeah. one. Uh, so there are plenty of uh, Hawaii has one. Yeah. <laughs> so there are there are plenty. There's plenty of mixtures of states that have this fee, and I understand it. They're just getting after Texas in this article because it's high. Yeah. And how is this any different from banning gas vehicles? It's not. It's exactly the same. So shut the fuck up, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sick of 
government, both sides of government getting involved. Yeah, it, and it's not going to get any better. Well, I hope it does. Unless the, <laughs> unless the right person gets elected president in the next go around, so, I don't think it's going to change. On that, so first of all, if you listen to Andy Frisella at all, which I know a lot of our listenership does, he's basically saying Trump is going to win in 2024 if there isn't uh, voting manipulation. That's just what's going to happen because he has enough popular populist popularity behind him that he's just going to get all the votes from enough of the country, which in my day-to-day life, I don't hear that. I don't hear that sentiment from people in in California, San Francisco. I bet. No, 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 no. All over the country. The people I talk to, not just Cal. I mean, I was in Texas this week (laughs) and I heard this from people that they don't like Trump. But so the yeah I I I as somebody and I and not to make this a political podcast but as somebody who votes right but is a moderate mm-hmm. um I think he has his issues and I think it's time for the country to move on to somebody else um but you know maybe someone that similar but not him I guess I, I think I think at this point there's there's too much baggage, and I don't think him becoming <laughs> president um, helps the country in any way. I, I think I think that, and that goes for our current president and him. I, I think we just need, I think we, we need, need direction. We need Vivek. I, and that, I wasn't going to say it, but that is my vote at this time. I, I think I, I like the idea of a young person who believes that fossil fuels uh, help humanity prosper. I, I think he's right. I, I don't think you can get rid of it. Um, I don't know. As of now, unless he does something super crazy, he's my guy. But do I think that he's going to be on the ballot as a president? No, I don't. I think it will be Trump. But I, I don't know. We need some sort of change in leadership that's going to change the narrative on what vehicles are to the U.S. That's a really good way to put it. Because you look at... Even, even in California, you look at what people are doing with cars. Mm-hmm. It's, it is an economic engine. This country do, is too damn big to rely on public transportation to get everywhere. It makes no sense for, for us to empower the government to create our transportation system for us when we invented the car, the mass right. produced car. Yeah. We invented this thing. We have all the roads. We invented highways let's just do that <laughs> well I'm, it I'm gonna correct you on the highways we just made them better and more prevalent we made germany, germany got us on that one okay fine eisenhower <laughs> brought them to the country yeah, but both world war ii yeah <laughs> but uh no in the, unless the u.s is willing to invest trillions of dollars and make an awesome public transportation system that mimics uk train systems and bus systems like but you know how we're gonna pay for that (laughs) like we have to pay for that which i don't want to do because i pay for my car and i pay gas tax so that the the government can maintain the roads which they don't do right so like no i'm not gonna and (laughs) okay i'm gonna keep going on the rant (laughs) i became more libertarian when i realized how shit the dmv and usps was sure why am i depending (laughs) why am i paying for such terrible service Mm -hmm. like why do i have to wait in line for two hours at the dmv why does my mail get lost all the time and now get this this is i'm ranting (laughs) i have a company that employs people i have to pay payroll taxes to the federal government i cannot right now because I changed the name of my business after getting my employer identification number from the IRS, which is okay to do. You can change the name of your business and keep the same employer identification number. Yeah. I have gotten this pushed through with everybody that required that every bank, every lending agency, every texting registration, everything I have successfully convinced them that my employer identification number sheet that has a different company name on it is the same EIN for my current company name because I have all the paperwork to back Mm -hmm. it up. But you know who doesn't believe me? The IRS. 
(laughs) (laughs) who gave me the number in the first place. (laughs) So it sounds so right. (laughs) (laughs) So what did I have to do to convince them? I had to mail in a letter and a set of documents supporting the fact that I changed the name of my company. Fair enough. They don't have an email system. They don't have a fax. They don't have an online portal that you can submit to. You have to mail it in. The fact that you have to mail it. Oh, it's reassuring, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So I went to mail it in. That was a month and a half ago. I called on Tuesday, the 29th of August. So I sent it in on July 18th. I called on the 29th of August and said, hey, Just checking to see if you received it. And the lady, you can call a number for the IRS, but it doesn't get you to that department. So I called and I said, hey, just seeing if you can let me know if uh, you received my letter. And she says, well, I can't tell you that. And I have no way of getting in touch with that department. But what I can do is I can check and see in our system if you are pending validation of a new company name. So she puts me on hold, she checks, and she concludes that I am not pending validation for a new company oh name. God. Here we are, what, 46 days later or something like that. So I say, what's the best way to resolve this situation? And she says, well, let me get back to you because, and I said, look, I have payroll taxes that I'm supposed to be paying right now and I cannot. So what do you want me to do? And she said, okay, well, let me put you on hold and I'm going to figure it out. So first she puts me on hold and she says, okay, it's actually only supposed to take 30 days. So the fact that we haven't processed it yet probably means it got lost in the freaking mail. They didn't get it. <laughs> and oh God. so you should probably just mail it again. Oh my God. So. That's so dumb. Do I now? ask for a refund on my stamp you good luck with that i want my stamp back yeah <laughs> but you didn't you didn't fulfill the services that were requested of you from my tax dollars yeah, but they're, and they're, my they're stamp gonna, purchase the thing is they're gonna come back and be like well we can't verify that <laughs> well watch i guarantee it yeah they're gonna be like we're not giving your money back because we can't guarantee if we de- dropped it off or not well okay so then let's say I don't get the money back on my stamp, which let's be honest, I'm not getting the money back on my stamp. Then think about this. Right now, I have a payroll tax liability to the government. Yeah. Do we and think that I'm going to get charged penalties on that? Probably. Is there an online portal to pay payroll taxes? Yes. Yeah. Is there an online portal to manage your payroll tax payment account? No. So I can't set up my account to pay payroll taxes because the government hasn't set up the system to do that, but they have set up the system to penalize me for not being able to do something that they need to handle for me. Well, I guess when one of the new 87,000 IRS agents show up at your place of business, just let them know that. Yeah. (laughs) They paid you instead of building me a portal. Right. So (laughs) now that my rant is over, let me, I'm going to convey, this has gone off the freaking rails, but... (laughs) I want to make some things clear here. So first of all, I sound like a bitch. (laughs) I'm being a victim in this situation. I'm being angry and I'm being a victim. So first of all, I need to correct that behavior. I need to take ownership and I need to take responsibility of the fact that I changed the name of my business. And this is one of the consequences that comes of it, that I have to deal with the system as the system is set up and I have to get it right. Because nobody else is going to do it for me. So in every situation in the past where I have talked about the government or the medical system or any other system that's bigger than you that, that you can refer to as they screwing you over, this is the time for you to make the change on that as I am doing right now. Nothing else can solve this problem. I have to solve this problem. Yeah, and the thing is with government entities, you have to be on their ass. Yeah. Or or, or this or this is what happens. And yeah. And, and yeah, you have to be you have to own it when you want to change things. 
Right. And and the same goes for the DMV. The same goes for whatever. Yep. You have to push and push and push. And yes, you're paying whatever percent tax. And yes, you're being screwed. Yes, all this stuff sucks. I don't care. This is you your best chance. Yeah, you want it done. Yeah. Yeah. On top of it. Your alternative is you don't try. There's no other option here. Yeah. So I've got four thousand dollar check irs come and get it from me please i'll be waiting at my place of business for you to collect my money from me or your money from me and i think that's that's all i got on that topic thank you for letting me rant dan <laughs> listeners i hope you're still out there yeah by the way this is this is not a political podcast whatsoever <laughs> uh we you know we just have a way of thinking and if you you know want to argue with us or have have a conversation please hit us up because yeah. uh, I would gladly talk about my beliefs, even though I don't <laughs> do it publicly very often. So, <sighs> Well, anyways, okay. So I think basically the point is, is, is Texas put on this EV tax and for better or worse, you know, it's, it's entertaining that they're basically punishing EV buyers with a very, very small fee in the grand scheme of things, $200 a year. And it's a substitute for gas tax, but it's probably for some of the highest mileage drivers out there, a good equivalent. But for most people, it's probably a little expensive. But you're already paying extra for your EV and you're already not having to pay for gas. And you know what? The government gave you a tax credit when you bought it anyways. So maybe you should just take the whole slice of cake or whatever metaphor you want to use. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but any, I think, I mean, just, just cut it out both sides, <laughs> please. Yeah. All right. We'll end on something fun here. Need for speed. Did you play need for speed growing up? Oh yeah. I, uh, my first one, I'm pretty sure was need for speed two. And then, uh, I played a lot of hot pursuit. Mm hmm. That was like early, early on, though. Right. On the PC or PlayStation 1? Or... Uh, this would have been PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 days. For you, yeah. Yeah. You actually had a PlayStation. I never, I, the yeah. first console I ever got was an Xbox. Yeah, I had a, a PlayStation 1 was my first. Uh, my first racing game ever, though, was Hot Wheels Turbo Racing. Ooh. And I still <laughs> have it. And that's wow. one of the, that was one of the coolest games. <laughs> I loved it. And then, yeah, then it, it Turn in Need for Speed, Need for Speed 2, Hot Pursuit, uh, eventually uh, Underground 2, mm-hmm. which I played played the shit out of. <laughs> and then uh, Most Wanted. Yep. Uh, after Most Wanted, I, I kind of fell off there. But yes, i very much a Need for Speed fan. Uh, I, I'll go out on a limb and say uh, the movie was good. I liked it. I liked it, but I did only see it once. Yeah, you know, I, there's other movies I'll watch multiple times. That one I watched once, and that was enough. I, I've seen it a few times. Every now and then I'll get like a, if it's on, like on TV, I'll just turn it on. So it's just yeah. one of those movies. So yeah, I played Porsche Unleashed. That was an OG, and in that mm-hmm. game you could flip cars, and it was yep. so cool. You could buy a car that was damaged, you could fix it, and you could sell it for a profit. Yep. And I was so obsessed with doing that. (laughs) But so, okay. So you could, in in Porsche Unleashed was a good one. And then I played Hot Pursuit, Hot Pursuit 2. And then Underground, Underground 2, Most Wanted. And then I played Pro Street as well. Yeah, I I remember when Pro Street came out. But what was funny for me with Pro Street is I played it on the Wii. Oh. (laughs) Your face. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ruben. It was so, already a bad game. He uh, went and played on the Wii. Ouch. But you know what made it really good? Uh-huh. Is I had a Chevelle. I played that game with a Chevelle, and all I would do is the drag racing. And uh, I would I became so good at the drag racing. And on the Wii, it was cool because you shifted with your wrist. Yep. And so that was actually kind of fun because when you're drag racing, you don't need anything else besides the shifting. And so to be good at the shifting on the Wii was actually kind of a big deal. Yeah. 
I can see You're, that. I can see the boredom in your face as I'm talking about playing. I, I, I just a racing never game liked Wii. the Wii. I just, I just can't believe you played it on the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> my parents, my my dad really wanted to get a Wii. Yeah, and we we played a lot of we did a lot of this the Wii Sports stuff like boxing and oh yeah bowling Wii bowling golf, yeah and, yeah <laughs> those were fun. I remember a lot of that. But okay, so you know, for both of us, that was. 15, 20 years ago, right? Yeah, and shoot, there are other racing games from that era that I think I played more than Need for Speed. Mm -hmm. But I think Need for Speed, given the style of gameplay and the storyline and the multiplayer and the endless playability of it, did make it a super, super memorable and influential game in, in our lives and a lot of people like us. Especially Underground 2. Yes, in, in my opinion, modifying I think that, cars and I think it was peak Need for Speed there. Yeah, did Underground Two have a storyline? It, it had yeah. somewhat of a storyline. Yeah, it was all it, done I don't through your singular phone, wasn't it? He, he pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until Most Wanted that they had actual cutscenes. Yeah, like they were like two D animated cutscenes. Yeah, and like you'd have to race to like a magazine shoot and get like yeah the highest rated stars on it. It it was it was a weird game from what I remember. I kind of want to go back and play it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so it's making us nostalgic. But now go back to bring a trailer or any of the other auction sites because we're impartial to bring a trailer or any other auction site that you may want to use. Mm-hmm my radio voice. Um, <laughs> so we can now buy those cars. You can, um, you can buy it. Technically. A- yeah. We can buy every car in that game because the R 34 at the end of uh, underground <laughs> two is now available for the States. Yeah. And <laughs> you can, you can buy, you can, you can modify them. All those parts are readily available to actually buy and modify your car to make it look however you want. Even the big 38, 30 inch spinners <laughs> on your escalated hell yeah. yeah and or your navigator i wonder if there's none of those navigators left probably not um but yeah like just i think it's so cool that all those games really immortalized an era of the automotive enthusiast world that we can always look back on and that really did shape us into into how we are as car enthusiasts today yeah it if you if you played any sort of underground two or midnight club three mm. specifically <laughs> either of those two games if you're into one or the other or both yeah that that shaped you into how you look at cars today yeah a hundred percent yeah and where you know i my dad i remember he came and he saw my e46 for the first time and i had put different wheels on it different suspension on it i put sway bars on it and then i had raced it and i had determined that i needed better tires and that i needed more power and that i was researching what i needed to do to make more power and he looked at me like wait a minute you actually made those games into real life yeah (laughs) i was like hell yeah Mm -hmm. i did (laughs) yeah yeah and and it's kind of sad because like you look at those games today. One Midnight Club doesn't exist. Uh, Need for Speed is still being made, but it's not what it's it not. Used it to doesn't be. have that sort of sense of realism. Or no, well, I can tell you it doesn't because when you go in there and you're doing a drag racing setup, it tells you that more pressure in your tires is more traction. So what? Yeah, that that was the one thing that turned me away from Need for Speed Forever was the fact the misinformation <laughs> and that I knew it was outright wrong. So I think you know the movie Gran Turismo recently came out, mm-hmm. and that movie was I mean that game was designed to be a very very precisely accurate simulator of yeah. real racing, and that's where the next generation of car kids coming up. They're they're into the Sims, not yeah. not they're not into the arcades that you and I were into. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because in those games, it was it was kind of hilarious the way cars handled and drove. And yeah. Yeah. The fact that you could let's see, what's a good example? So in most wanted, you could race a what, a, a Gallardo against an E46 M3. Yep. And the E46 M3 was faster. 
Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you could hit every single barrier and continue to keep going. <laughs> and every single cop car and not yeah. sustain any damage. Right. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think that the trend's going to Sims. I know Forza's getting ready to release their Sim mm. next month. And then yeah, like October. Assetto Corsa and things like that. Did you ever yeah. play any of that? I never have. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm definitely, when it comes to racing games, I'm an arcade lover. I love my Forza Horizon and, <laughs> and my Need for Speed when it used to be good. Uh, but yeah, ra- racing games for me now, I just, it's hard for me to get into them. I guess they're just not the same. Yeah. It's not the same love. Yeah, and we're, we're doing it in real life also. Yeah, that, yeah that's the other problem, doing uh, it in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of better than the games. <laughs> True. Which is that's, fine. I mean, yeah, like I have... I have six cars and I can circulate through them in my garage whenever I want. And they're all modified and they're all super cool looking. And occasionally you'll roll up on someone at a stoplight and you'll initiate a street race. Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) And then when, when you run away from the cops, I mean, wait, no, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just like, you know, I did on Sunday. I was at, at a, at a stoplight. I knew a zipper lane was coming. I watched this Camaro roll up next to me and I'm like, Nope. (laughs) <laughs> no, he was one angry fella after that. Why'd you do that? Uh, Why'd you make I want to race the Camaro. I knew what he was doing. <laughs> well, too bad your car's faster. Then uh, I, I don't know if this was a V6 or one of their four cylinder turbo ones, but yeah, it was pretty slow. It was not a V8. I know. Was it a ZL1 or a Z28? No, nah, it was just an RS. <laughs> Whatever it was. I, Yikes. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no wonder I smoked him. Jeez. Oh, because I could right. hear it. He had an exhaust on it. I could hear him trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so these games were cool. We've turned them into real life. They're not as cool anymore, but they're, they're part of history that will never go away and that we can continue to carry forward with us and everything car related that we do. And I love them for that. Yeah. They're, they're still cool. I don't know what you're talking about. My daughter loves watching me play burnout three takedown. Why are you still playing that? Because it's a great game for her to watch. She can see the cars crashing. She loves it. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, she loves it and she plays it. (laughs) I played a lot of that game. Okay. Do you have anything else? You have anything else we want to cover in our car guy slash political rant conversation? Nah, <laughs> nah. We're we're so over. I think uh I think you can, you know, start closing us out with right. you know, the, the the driven community. What's up with that? Uh, all right. So the latest is that we're, t- we're doing more gym accountability. We're making fun of people who wear Crocs. And we're test fitting wheels. Making fun of people who wear Crocs. Okay. Yes. Let's see how it is. Yes. I don't wear 100%. Crocs. You don't wear Crocs? No. This is not mm-hmm. an inclusive community. This is an <laughs> exclusive community. My, my daughter does, though. She's not allowed. Unless she's <laughs> benching at least 225. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have two sections of a group on an app called discord. So if you want to join any part of the driven community, you're going to need to download this app called discord. It's available on all smartphones and there's two sections to it. You can join our public driven network community where you get a daily motivational message and a big list of people that you can contact and share the driven mindset. But if you want a bit more involvement in the community, then you can apply to join the actual driven network, which is an exclusive part of the discord channel in which we discuss all things, business, fitness, and cars on a daily basis. And we run through the iterative goal setting framework, which is how you can accomplish every goal you ever want to set. You're going to set a big vision for your life and you're going to work every single day to achieve it. We're going to hold you accountable to make that happen. And you're going to realize success that you've never before seen in your life. And now that I have made that bold promise, Dan, if people want to learn more about how to join, where can they reach out to you to do so? Facebook, 
and LinkedIn as Dan LaRue. Uh, pretty easy to find them. The like one, the only two out there. And I'm the young one, guys. Not not the older gentleman. Despite how old he sounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just because I'm turning 29 in a couple months, doesn't, doesn't mean I'm old. All right. <laughs> uh, and then um, Instagram, I am Dan underscore Larue, and uh, it's pretty much the three major outlets. <laughs> You can you can we're, find me at we're done uh, with TikTok, huh? Uh, you told me to quit mentioning it, but I am Dana underscore uh. Larue. There, uh, my first uh, my first TikTok will be posted on September twenty third. Oh, okay, that's going in my calendar. <laughs> All it's right, a big, it's a big day. So you can find me on everything but TikTok. I still have it, but I don't post there or go on the app at all ever. But on Instagram, I'm at Arun D. Kumar. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, I am Arun Kumar. And if you want to come see me in person, I am at Driven Auto Care in Fremont, California every single day. And I'd love for you to come visit and hang out in the We Are Driven office. And yes, it is. I've got shelves full of apparel in there now. It's It's cool to see. All right. Anything else, Dan, before we wrap it up? Nah, that's all. That's all we got. This has been Arun and Dan. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay driven. Stay driven.